Hey everyone, this is Isaac, and you are listening to Everything Comes From Something, an unoriginal podcast about unoriginality. This is episode 56. We are so psyched you're here and that you're listening. Just up front, if you want to support the show, you can tell friends or family about it. That is the best way on how podcasts grow. Of course, you can give us a rating on iTunes. I don't know if they have ratings on Spotify, to tell you the truth. And uh, if you want to give us further support, you can throw a couple bucks our way at patreon.com slash podcast. With no more further ado, please enjoy the show. You know, before we started recording this podcast, Cameron and I spent a long ordeal trying to decide what we were going to talk about, and the thing that sucks about having such a broad show is that we come up with topics that we've already discussed. As a matter of fact, we were trying to come up with this whole topic about self-care, but we already have a podcast about self-care and self-help, and Lord knows I need it for sure, (laughs) and uh, I had this ethereal experience um, just this Monday, I took a day off. It was wow. a very, very big Ferris Bueller's moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I requested it out in advance like a bad boy does, you know, and HR approved it. And, uh, you know, I was feeling, I didn't even call out sick. I was like, oh yeah, I just took the day off, premeditated day off. You know what I mean? Mm. And what did I choose to do with my day off? That's right, Cameron. Not listen to the sound of the train go by. <laughs> What I chose to do is to drive out to Pacifica in the Bay Area and go to this just a slice of heaven. You could even say a taste of heaven. Mm, mm. Taco Bell in Pacifica. It is, uh, it is a really, really special place, to be honest. No other Taco Bell have I been to that I've enjoyed the entire experience as much. Yeah, there's this Taco Bell near my house that Cameron and I used to go to back in high school, and we said, this is the best Taco Bell. Like, it just, they make it correctly. There's just something about it. And when I went to this Pacifica Taco Bell, it just topped it. I mean, it has straight up, like, a glass wall fireplace that outlooks onto the ocean. Yeah, it literally, you you can walk onto the beach from the Taco Bell. It's it's cr- like, it yeah, is it's crazy. Insane. It is crazy. It's so bougie. It's called the Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> and they serve alcoholic beverages there. And there is a Mountain Dew margarita. I got straight up Baja Blast Freeze margarita. I was like, my mind is blown. I enjoyed a Crunchwrap, which is the best thing on the menu. Yeah, Just Crunchwrap on the deck, watching the waves go by. And I was like... This is great. I needed to do this more often. But we already had a podcast about self-help, Cameron. Mm. Self-care? We need self-help. We need self-help. And hopefully, this podcast will help you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Everything Comes From Something, episode 57, I believe. I think so. I'm always getting the numbers wrong. Yeah, Yeah, I post these every single week. My name is Isaac Ransom. I'm Cameron Tuttle. And we are so glad that you are joining us here today, dude. I don't even know what day it is. That's that's how that's how backwards I like I get. Well, I think I think I'm super out of it because I sat in traffic for like almost two hours mm. today. Mm. Yeah, you know, going up the 280, and usually it's a pretty cl- straight shot, clear. Yeah, and I I usually leave around six, five or six, and I'll get up here quickly. But today I left at four. It was a mistake. Yeah, it's miserable. 
This is a big mistake. There were an abnormal amount of buses, and we were just talking about how strange it is to sit in traffic, how demoralizing it is. I, I just saw this um, movie called Office Space from the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. this scene at the beginning with him um, sitting in traffic, and it's like the most flawless picture of what <laughs> sitting in traffic is like. He's like in a lane that's completely stopped. And the lane to his left is just inching a little bit. So he merges over and then that lane stops and the lane he was in starts to go. Yeah. And so he tries to merge back. Then the lane that he was in that he's now back in stops and the lane that he just left starts moving again. And he like gets so angry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this movie's starting off really strong, hitting home with the, with the feels, not hitting the mic. Whoops. Oh my goodness. goodness. I, I am all over the place. But ladies and gentlemen, we are not talking about traffic today. Today, we are talking about... Wouldn't that be a boring show? Oh, man. <laughs> well, we could actually... We can take a detour on the economics of traffic. <laughs> right, like why traffic even exists. Well, it's because of... It's because there's a shortage of road. Because because the the cost of road is zero. Right, and that's why I support the gas tax. Uh, yeah, but the gas tax... Because it's a, a relative tax, Cameron. Yeah, but it's not a tax... It's not a... It's not the cost of the road. Relative use of road to relative amount used. In any case. <laughs> There's another podcast about the gas tax. Yeah. Um, no, well, we, we, were, we were really landing on a topic that we wanted to address. Um, and I think one of the things that kind of just spontaneously popped into your um, orange-covered head uh, is... <laughs> What do I have, like peels on my head no, or something? No, no, no. I just, I guess it's strawberry blonde. You're calling me a fruit case or something? No, I'm just calling you a ginger. Um, we, we were just, we were just thinking about friendship. Friendship. Uh, and, and what it means to be a friend. But more specifically, like what happens to friends who, who just kind of fall away, I guess, who you don't, you don't, you don't t- stay in touch with anymore. Um, and that does, I think that happens quite often especially around the the age that we're getting like i think i think probably five years in the future we'll have weeded out the last of those friends who who you don't really contact anymore right um but but at this moment it it they're kind of like dropping like flies in in a sense it's crazy too because our generation grew up and is surrounded by social media which is supposed to connect us and feel and make us feel more related and i think one of the weirdest things that I notice is that when I see people that I haven't seen in a long time, first of all, I have like this really, I don't know, like I feel like I have kind of a, a big heart towards them because I know what it's like to see someone that you haven't seen in a long time and trying to like have that conversation. So for me, I'm like, let's just get out of the way. Like we haven't talked in a long time and I just want you to know we can take it right where we left it. Like I, the, the time doesn't change anything for me. And a lot of my friends respond well. Some of them feel really uncomfortable Mm. about that. When you say that to them, Mm. I don't know why it doesn't make me love them any less. Yeah. Still, I still love my friends no matter who they are and what they're doing. Right. doesn't mean I support everything they do, but it sure does mean that, you know, we had a past and there's still value in that. Right. And so, (sighs) What I think is weird is that when you see someone that you haven't seen in a long time and they start knowing all these things about you because of social media, and it's only usually the good parts. I know, Cameron, you're pretty offline when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
but they're like, oh, I saw this specifically about you, or I noticed that you're doing this because you're LinkedIn and things like that. And it's like, everybody's watching everyone, right? Yeah, it's kind of creepy. It is kind of weird, but there's no actual connection yeah. with these old friends besides the best things that people put forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever have that experience where you like, um, you see someone that you know, uh, who you're like, oh man, it would be great if we if we caught up, you know? And you're like, are you you know are you free anytime this week? You want to grab coffee or whatever? You want to like you know catch up and talk? I like like it'd be nice to 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 hang. And then you know the week goes by and you don't hear from them or you know you don't reach out to them and like it just it just passes and and you never you never meet up you know right like that that happens to me more often than not when it comes to reconnecting with with old friends i think i should put this preference forward before we continue Mm. the purpose of this podcast is not to point out anyone specific as a matter of fact we were sitting in cameron's room just drooling doing absolutely nothing (laughs) trying to think of something to talk about (laughs) and i was like you know what everyone that that listens to our show or everyone that doesn't listen to our show actually let me put that correctly always comes to me and complains well your show's so broad it's actually it it feels like it's about nothing and i'm like well you don't even listen to it first of all (laughs) so i don't know why you would say that second of all we do sort of have a cycle this is just a little inside about how everything comes from something works part of us is like well we feel passionate about something going on in film in gaming something related to politics and sometimes we really like to do episodes kind of reflective Mm. talking about Mm. talking about life because everything does come from something and even if our experience isn't 100 percent relatable to you maybe a portion of it will be relatable and cameron and i we're not i mean we're, we're pretty young i think you like to consider yourself an old soul yeah a little bit um i i would like to think the same about myself and we like to really think and process what we're going through so a portion of this podcast is a little selfish i would say yeah definitely because we're we're kind of trying to figure out where we're at it's our meditative process so if you've been through this i hope it's entertaining for you Mm. also we'd love to hear what your thoughts are i mean if you support us on patreon send us a question or if you just want to reach out to us on social media like i'm sure we'd love to talk to you about this as well Or maybe you can ask, you know, to grab coffee and reconnect and then we just won't. (laughs) (laughs) But alongside it, if this is something you're going through as well, we hope that, you know, some of our insights would help you see things and maybe a new perspective or help you going through this as well. We're not going to say we're experts. And I think people maintaining and keeping healthy relationships is something that we're all figuring out Mm. throughout life. Mm. Yeah. It's constantly changing, but... Do you ever get the feeling too that like as you get older you just you you just have less friends? You just have less like people around you? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the mobility of life, right? I mean, Cameron, you and I, we live in one of the most expensive places in the world to live. Yeah. yeah. You can't expect everyone to stick around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and it's tough to come to that realization and then the nice part about living locally to where we grew up is that most of our friends come back Mm. right um with school but the college ages are beginning to fade away and people are finding their own lives out in the middle of nowhere yeah but i mean i mean just like generally too because like 
you think about the cycle. I mean, I've been there when when you're in like junior high and high school where you have, you know, you've got like a bunch of people around you. You've got a bunch of friends, a bunch of quote unquote friends. And then like something happens within the, you know, your friend group and then you move on to a different one and, you know, like, like things shuffle around, but it's always kind of a steady amount of people who, who you hang out with. And then as I've gotten older, I've just noticed that that group has just like shrunk down and shrunk down and shrunk down until it's like, it's like not, it's just, it's just pretty minuscule at this point. Um, they, and, and I don't just mean like the people who I spend time with. I mean like the people who I'm like, yeah, I'll go, you know, let's grab dinner or let's grab, you know, like those, those types of people who are like, I guess the, 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 the S rank, um, on the friends tier. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I think what's going to be interesting about the show is that you and I kind of share, different perspectives you're more introverted than i am yeah yeah um not to say that you're a full introvert although you'd like to consider yourself that i actually disagree Mm. i think you're more social than you realize and um i consider myself more extroverted just probably more extroverted than i actually am which Mm. is Mm. which is sort of weird i think the concept of the communities that you're involved in is a huge part of this conversation with friendships and Cameron and I are going to sort of discuss what we see or what we see makes a good friend, I think, from our past experiences. And I'm going to be sharing some stories a little bit. I'm sure you might have a few um, as well. But communities play a big role. You know, you think about the friends that you make in your workplace and the friends you make in maybe clubs or communities that you're involved in, the friends you make in family once most of your friends leave, right? The friends you make with the people you live around most regularly, even like people in local coffee shops or whatever. I think communities play a huge aspect in the way we form our friends and the value of our friends. And I think the scary part about communities and the thing that I really wanted to get at with that is you're not going to make incredible friends from these communities unless you're intentional. Yeah, yeah. I met this guy. His name is Caleb Gomez. Shout out to you, Caleb. I actually saw him today. And he's involved with some of the church church scene stuff in the Bay Area. I think he's a really talented guy in terms of musicianship, and he's also into some songwriting stuff. And when I met him, he was at a coffee shop that I went to regularly, and someone had told me that he was involved in church stuff. And our first interaction was the most basic, boring interaction ever. And I was like, you know what? This guy seems cool, but he also just kind of seems all right. You know, like, like I was like, I was like, there's nothing like crazy, you know, like we, we weren't like super best friends right off the beginning, but in the back of my head, I was like, we have some related likings. And at the same time, I'm like, I bet you he'd be a really good friend to have. And so I really took a step out and was like hey do you want to hang out do you want to grab coffee sometime right not to say that he wouldn't want to take that step but he wasn't being intentional about it right and so we got coffee we got to get get to know each other a little bit better and then I remember I was like I'm gonna do something that's a little weird for um someone you just meet regularly because I was like I just I really think I want to be friends with someone like this and I handed him a guitar pedal that I wasn't using I was like, I want you to have this. I know you're looking for a guitar 
tone that you don't have right now. And this pedal is over $100 in worth. Hold on to it as long as you want. And just give it back to me unless you want to buy it off me. And that sort of stuff, it was almost like an experiment for me. Sorry, Caleb, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if like kind of reaching the hand out first is going to be strengthening for this relationship right off the bat. And I'm glad to say that Caleb and I are actually like pretty good friends now. We don't hang out like all the time, but we'll probably hang out once every three weeks, which is more than most of the random people that I bump into and think are cool, right? And so if there is some sort of thesis with this episode or one of many theses, if you are lacking friends or you want to find friends, there is a level of intention that needs to be pursued. Um, And I think like it's hard because it can feel like the other person doesn't care, but you got to remember they're probably in the same shoes as you in your communities where they're like, everyone seems nice and I could be friends with everyone, but it's kind of hard to choose where you're going to put your time. And just at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking about how busy our culture is where we're at, right? Everyone's too busy for everyone. Mm. And yet we do have some free time somewhere. Most of us, like you were saying, Cameron, like to choose it, choose the S team, right? The people that are available. But I can always think of these nights where it's like the S team isn't available. Granted, my S team is like four people. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're always busy too, right? Me, me and the boys. Right. <laughs> so. No, yeah. Well, I, you remind, that reminded me of, um, I think it was in Poor Richard's Almanac, but um, it's like a Ben Franklin um, quote about how if an if a neighbor moves into you like next to you um ask him ask him for a favor and then later return the favor and that's how you that's how you get to be good friends with him <laughs> like, like that, that was that was his advice i can't find the um the yeah, exact quote yeah but um but yeah i don't know i think there's i think there is a lot to be said about um intentionality yeah yeah putting in that that first effort and like that's that's i think that's the thing that i'm really bad about like continuing on these friendships is like being the one to to initiate things and being the one to be to like reach out and say like oh you know let's um let's hang out like i think that's uh, that's probably why i consider myself an introvert is that like I I have a really hard time. I mean, you you know obviously, like you right. you've you've been friends with me for a very long time. So, um, do we do getting, we want to talk about how we became friends, Cameron? Getting to getting me to text you back, um, for for or no, sorry, getting, for today? No, 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 getting. Yeah, let's talk about today, Cameron. How many texts did I send you today without you saying anything? What? No, I. Uh, I'll pull it up right now. What? Like three, probably. That's a very nice little guess you have there. I think that's accurate. <laughs> five. No. No come response. On. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five. <laughs> yeah, well. We could say you're an introvert. Just a little. Yeah, well, I knew you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when I met you, Cameron, it was because of our friend David Allman, um, who was the guy actually, I think David David Allman is the guy that would always take the extra step to make sure he was friends with people. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Which I think is super cool. And I, I, I know some people were put off by it, but he, everyone, like everyone loves David. Like he's a great guy. Yeah. 
and he connected us. He was like, Hey, like this guy, he's cool. I don't remember how we connected. We probably talked about something really nerdy, like star Wars, (laughs) um, quickly, but you, dude, you didn't say anything in elementary school. You just had long emo hair. And I just sat in the back chatting your ear off. You mean junior high? Yeah. It was like, that was like sixth grade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seventh grade. You're just sitting in the back with your emo hair and I was chatting to you, blah, 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 in the back of the room. And you just sat there. You didn't say anything. And I was like, ah, it's fine. He's cool, I guess. (laughs) And then like after just hanging, kind of, you know, now that I think about it, I kind of like just forced myself to hang out with you a lot. Not that I didn't want to. I was just like, I don't really care if he doesn't want me here. I'm just going to hang out with him a bunch. (laughs) And uh, then we became really good friends after you stopped having that one girlfriend. Hmm. in freshman year so yeah 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 i guess that was kind of the tipping point granted you were probably you were going through a lot of different uh emotional phases in in middle school who wasn't yeah exactly i mean it was middle school so (laughs) but but that's the thing is i don't like middle school i don't think i have any of those same friendships that i had that i had when i was in middle school i guess i wasn't considered your friend back then no like well that explains a lot like I'm just kidding. Like other than, other than you and David, I didn't even think I knew JD at that point. Yeah, so I don't know. I didn't know him too much in middle school. Basically, I I don't know. Like like that was it. And then I don't I don't know hardly any of the people that I that I would would have considered my my good friends. I always then. think of um, let's see. There's not many people that I actually hung out with in middle school. My friend Bob, I'm still friends with to this day. I just hung out with him yesterday. And my friend Jonathan, who I want to tell a story about. I know that Patrick, what is his no, last name? No, he was in uh, Keating. He was he was in high school, though. No, no, no. He was in our, you don't remember our middle middle school church groups? I don't really remember. Dude, he was crazy. I, I he thought, was like foaming at the mouth. That's what the, I remembered in yeah. middle in high school. Though. No, but it was in middle school too. Yeah, I don't really remember anything much from middle school. Do you remember our leader named Luke? Luke? Man, I really wish you could remember him. No. Yeah. Luke and John from middle school? I remember John, yeah. Well, they they both uh, go to Community Christian. Yeah, I saw him. I saw John. Really? Um, when you were filming? Yeah. At one time? Yeah. All right, cool. That's the church I work at, by the way. Yeah. Um, which is weird how you end up running into people through that way. Uh, let's see. What were we talking about? Oh, I was saying Patrick and Jacob dance. Mm, but like, we yeah. never see them. Patrick got shipped off. He's in the military. <laughs> and um, it's probably Jacob, a good thing. He probably needed it. Yeah. And Jacob uh, is getting married. So see you, dude. Well, he, um, I will, I would run into him every now and then when, when he was in San Jose, but he moved up to Oregon too. This is, this is, yeah, that's true. He moved away. This is one of the funniest things that I noticed. People, they get married, lose all their friends very quickly. Yeah, you got to have married friends. I don't like that rule. I'm going to break that rule. <laughs> and when I get married, I don't care for that rule. It's different, too, because, um, like, it's different if you were friends with them before they got together. True. You know what I mean? True. Like, if you were friends with them before they got together, or if you were, maybe even if you were just friends with one of them, but, like, you got you have to have been friends with both of them before. And That's then, not true. Actually, uh, one of our executive producers, both of them, Eric and Ariel Walk, I'm probably, even though I don't see him at all. Probably better friends with them now than I was in high school. Yeah, that's to tell you the truth. It's kind of an outlier, though. Yeah, 
That's true. Um, but but like think you think about the the friends that you have that are married that you continue to be friends with, right? Like it's it's mostly the people that you knew before before they got together. In my yeah, at least in my case, I don't know. What do you mean who who I knew before? Yeah, yeah, before like, they got married. What does that mean? Or before they got together? Yeah, like oh, people both from of them, both yeah. of them. Specific. That was yeah. your point. Yeah. Both. I was like, who would I know that? Who would I know <laughs> married that I don't know? No, no, no. Yeah, you know what I mean. Both, I was yeah, getting lost. I was like, what the Sorry. heck are you talking about, dude? Sorry. Both of them. Okay, I'm gonna be thinking about that for a second. Yeah, I mean, I just think I I do think there is that um, weird weird period after you get married where like you don't really see anybody but i i think that comes around eventually you know what i mean yeah yeah like i think i think it it takes a a year or so and then they have kids that's that's always the excuse that's always the further (laughs) step right right to isolation and then they have parent friends (laughs) correct you know what i mean who are like the kids are friends and you have to be the friends of the parents because the kids are the friends right so this leads me to my story about jonathan adam actually yeah go for it so jonathan adam i think he fits in perfectly with our second theme which you were talking about before the show which we'll get to here in a second he was this guy that i thought was super weird in elementary (laughs) school now you got to understand in the district i was in the borders switched for school districts and my house was then placed at a different school actually a better school than the original elementary school that I was going to in first grade so in the second grade I switched to a new elementary school which I think was probably a good change for me um, because school always kind of bored me and and a little bit of a, a change was good and so when we went to this new school you know my mom she is one of the sweetest ladies you'll ever meet and she was like, oh, I want to make sure my kid has friends. And I grew up in a Christian household. So my mom's like, you got to be friends with Christian boys. Right. <laughs> and so, of course, somehow she met Christian mothers at this school. And it, I was very confused how they somehow found each other. They always find each other. I guess so. They stick out like sore thumbs or something. <laughs> um, but she met uh, this lady named Sharon Adam, who I think is awesome she's almost like a second mom to me because i spent so much time hanging out at jonathan's house but my mom was like hey you should really be friends with this kid jonathan and when you're an elementary school kid you don't have much choice where you end up on a friday after school yeah, you know what i mean true. and so every friday if i was lucky you know i'd get to go hang out with jonathan at his house after school and what would we do play with bionicles make weird legos and play Star Wars Battlefront 2 for hours on this really crappy TV with a PlayStation 2 that was smoking. <laughs> and, like, that were those were my favorite parts of hanging out with Jonathan until we went back to school on Monday. And then I was like, I don't want anything to do with Jonathan oh, so at you were, school. You were the judgmental cool kid. Oh, yeah. Well, really the issue was is I was trying to win the approval of the other kids yeah um on the playground yeah definitely and i was a new kid on the block too Mm. so people were just kind of lukewarm about me i don't think anyone ever (laughs) disliked me did you ever get bullied no no i think i actually you were the the bully yeah yeah, there was this weird you know we were talking about david allman and he if he's listening to this he's gonna hate me for sharing this (laughs) um there was this 
kid on the playground who was a lot bigger than us and a grade older mm. than us. And we had kind of like this fighting bully relationship with him mm. where it was like him and this one kid named Blake, the bull, the big guy and this one kid named Blake would always have this rivalry on the field and they would wrestle until the yard duty would yell at them. And then they would like kind of fake wrestle where they'd run and trip each other. It was like running and tripping each other. And I remember sometimes I'd used to hang out with David and Blake and we would just beat up this kid a lot (laughs) on the playground. Um, But it was like a really weird civil pact between Blake and this other bigger dude. Um, And when I say bigger, I don't mean just fat. Like he was just taller and also like just huskier as well mm. so it, it was really i remember that being a lot of fun but looking back i'm like we just kind of beat up that bigger guy <laughs> three little guys trying to beat up the bigger guy but it was also very i just remember it being very fun mm. and also like he i don't know if he saw it as fun but i thought he did so who knows i was in second grade mm. you know i wasn't a very bright kid although i'd like to think myself as one i guess so so when I wasn't bullying, um, I was trying to play football with the popular kids on the field. And uh, there was this one guy I remember named Trevor Nunes. And I don't really know what happened to him in high school, to be honest. I don't, I, I, have, I have no idea. But he was kind of the cool kid on the block who used to be the quarterback uh, in the elementary school, whatever. We played two-hand touch football. And... I was like, man, I just want to be cool. Like, I want them to throw the ball to me during the game. (laughs) Like, that was, like, the big thing. I was like, i do anything to just catch the ball for one play. And when we do a play, like, every kid would run. It would be, like, 10 running backs almost. Like, 10 kids would run out. And there's no line because you can't punch each other, right? There's no wrestling. You get in trouble. So it would be, like, blitzers would count down from five at the line. They'd count five Mississippis. And the quarterback would have five seconds to throw the ball before he'd get tagged. And Trevor used to just like call out names. He'd be like, oh, Ryan. And then he'd like throw the ball and that would be the play, right? And so for so long, I was like, man, I'd love to play or I'd love to get the ball thrown to me. I'd love to do that. And did he ever switch it up where he was like, Ryan, and then he threw it to someone else? I feel like that'd be a good defensive fake, you know? Yeah. Sometimes they run the ball too, you know? It just depends. Um, But there was a time where he actually called my name like during a play and it was weird because it was like I think it was like in fourth grade too like it had been a, a long time since I had played with him <laughs> it was a long time and I remember Jonathan used to be climbing on the monkey bars being like yo watch this ninja flip I can do this ninja flip I'm like shut up man. it's so weird <laughs> quiet and I'd be like yeah, I'm not gonna hang out with you Jonathan and he's like oh all right and so Jonathan would sometimes like come play football with us, but not very often. And like there was one time where Trevor threw the ball to me. He's like, Isaac, go long. And I, I went to try to catch the ball in elementary school and it just like slipped out of my hands and they just never called my name after that. Wow. And I was so beaten down by it. And by the end of the week, John was like, Hey, you want to come over and play super smash brothers melee or whatever? And I was like, yeah, what the heck? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I'll go hang out with you. And I kind of had this realization that was like, Jonathan didn't care if I liked him or not. Mm. 
You know, like he was just like, my mom said, you're a good dude. I can see that you're kind of a good dude in, in, you know, in, in, in some, in some ways that I could say, I don't know what he saw in me. <laughs> um, but he was like, I like you and you're always welcome. You know, it was like, he was always looking out for me. And so when we started elementary school or junior high together, like we were always friends all the way through like fourth and fifth grade. I was like, Oh, Jonathan's like actually one of my much better friends. When we started junior high, like I had no worries. I was like, Jonathan's always there for me. Mm. And to this day, like, he's always there for me. Yeah. Like, he's, like, one of my best friends, and he always has the best intention for me, too. Even though I didn't see it in him in elementary school. I was, he was, like, he was always there for me back then, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the second theme we kind of wanted to share with you about friendship was this idea of a good friend always wants what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that seems sort of trivial, I think. But... I, I think I think it's clear when you've had not very good friends that eventually it comes out that they don't actually want what's best for you. Like like it'll it'll just come to light that they care about themselves or they care about their own status or maybe they just don't think about you enough to to want what's best for you. Yeah, there's this great scene in this lukewarm film called Pop Star featuring Andy Samberg. Uh, very inappropriate movie. Cameron and I went to go see it with our girlfriends. They hated it, and we, well, we laughed it was the entire time. <laughs> um, there's a scene where Andy Sandberg is like, "I need to know who I can really trust," and he and he takes dog poop from outside and cooks it into pancakes. And he had like this one friend that he had been friends with for a long time, and then all these other like, what's it called? Roadie, yeah, like, yeah. yes men, yeah, right? Exactly. And he feeds them all dog poop and and like his fake friends like yo dude this is so good i love it <laughs> and then his his friend from childhood's like dude this is disgusting how could you do this and he's like i knew it owen you're like <laughs> you're the best friend you are my best friend i knew that i could trust you you know and it's kind of like that where a good friend even if they don't say that what you're doing is great or they they don't support you all the time if they have the best interest for you, they're a good friend. Yeah. Right? And I think that's hard for us sometimes because sometimes we just want to do what we want to do. And yeah, it's it can be it can be really tough. I've also been on the side of um wanting what's best for a person and almost like them not wanting it. You know what I mean? Right. Like I think I think that's um that's an interesting place to be in too, because you, at a certain point, you there are, um, well, I'm gonna say there's diminishing marginal returns with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's at a certain point, you almost have to let it go that they're not going to make the decision that that will will benefit them in the long run. You know what I mean? I think it gets sticky because Cameron's always been placed in some sort of like guru position with a lot of his friends. It's so weird. Yeah, it is weird. I think it's because you are actually like an old soul in some ways and people can find in you, right? And I would be lying if I said I didn't do the same. I, I think you're just a very trustworthy guy. Yeah, it's, but you take my advice for the most part. Yeah, that's because <laughs> I don't have a brain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um... Well, I think I think I have some of the, the insight to take it for where it's, where it's coming from, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know that you usually have the best in, uh, best interest for me as well. 
I think where it gets really weird is the positions that you get placed in, which is relationship advice. And a lot of your friends come to you with a re- relationship advice. It's really strange. I used to all the time until I, you know, now I'm in a, a good relationship with my girlfriend currently. Yeah. Right. But you know, if something terrible happens, I'm probably coming to you first. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and and I've also had the relationships where it's like, I'm not the one who they're coming to necessarily, but I'm the one who is like, is like looking at the the car crash from the from the side of the freeway and is like um <laughs> um is anybody seeing this like can we can we help them <laughs> i think what's hard about that cameron is some people might see you as an a-hole even yeah. though you care yeah right? i am though yeah yeah and- i mean i get it like i understand why they would they would think that um but it is because i i care and i want what's what's best for them even if it's even if it is uncomfortable for most people to say and you uh, you do have a, f- a more fun loose delivery on this podcast i'd say you're very true to yourself but usually you're quite tactful with the way you deliver advice i'm just i'm being honest for the the oh, audience oh oh in like you're not a podcast or no like with relationship advice you're usually not a complete a-hole about like hey what you're doing is garbage no 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 like i but i say but i do i do take it seriously no i I know i i'm very um i'm very to the point so if you need relationship advice 1-800 cameron tuttle yeah go ahead text me and i'll get back eventually (laughs) or call me i don't know (laughs) we should start we should we should cop dan savage's podcast love line is Dead End Savage related to Fred Savage? No, I don't think so. That's too bad. Savage is a pretty common last name, though. Cameron has a bunch of memes. <laughs> just a side note, he's got a bunch of memes on it on his uh, on the wall behind. Did him. you just notice a new one? <laughs> no, yeah, I saw the the new one a while ago. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Uh, there's this Pokemon named Coughing, and then there's this new Pokemon. I don't know what the name is, but it just looks like a big bong. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's got like a big hat. Yeah, yeah, a big hat with smoke coming out of it. And then a circle head at the bottom of that. It's like, a, he's like, but he looks like a fancy coughing. We're off off the track. Anyways. We are off the track. <laughs> Anyways, our point was being a good friend is is looking out for you and trying to help you. What was the theme? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. A, a, a good friend is one that that wants the best for you. Thank you. One that I think you I think you have to surround yourself with people who will tell you the truth and will um and will not try to I think one of the most frustrating things about um like have you ever had those people who you'll say something good has happened to you or you'll say something bad has happened to you and then they'll be like oh man that's terrible i just had this thing happen to me t-. you know what i mean like they they have this like they have this knee-jerk reaction to to like one up you almost i guess um, yeah and not none of none of my friends really are like this but um but yeah it's just it's i've had those interactions where i'm like frustrated because i'm like I want to talk about me. <laughs> Why are you talking about you? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. and, and, and that's, that's, it's, it's like a selfish attitude to have, but I think you do need that with your friends is that like, you want them to be, to, you want to surround yourself with people who, who actually care about you enough to like, 
listen listen and work through stuff with you you know like it's hard because i think we're not trying to toot our our horns our own horns but like the best friends that i hang out with they usually end up listening a lot yeah and then the friends that i'm further from they end up i end up listening to them a lot more you know what i mean hmm and I think there's a healthy balance between the two. Like with my girlfriend, Jewel, she's also one of my best friends. And she always wants to listen to what's on my mind. Right? And I'm like, I, I really don't know what's on my mind. So just tell me about you. You know? But eventually, after a couple hours, if we get dinner and something, I'll be like, you know, this is what's on my mind. It takes me a little while. But it's like, she really knows me. And I really trust her for that, too. And so, like, when I think about friends... <sighs> I think the truth with wanting what's best for the other person is super important. Yeah. I know I've probably referenced this situation before, but I had these two friends that were best friends all through high school. And then they just, they just like completely fell apart and broke down and they never talked to each other anymore. And I tried to be the mediator that fixed it. But I think what it came down to between the two of them at that Denny's at 11.30 p.m. was that they both, it, like, it took them too long to both say the truth, you know? They were, like, I was the one hearing both of their sides, and I was like, this is going to work out. Like, they just need to talk to each other, right? And when we met, it wasn't like they just needed to talk. It was like they hadn't talked, and that was the problem. Yeah. And there was no apologies. There was no nothing. It was just like, you never said the truth. You never had what was best for me. And for me, that was a little bit of a visceral experience. I was like, dude, I just watched a friendship get ripped to shreds, thrown down into the incinerator. It was a tough moment for me, right? Because I was friends with both these guys. And then it became like a civil war situation where they're like, well, who are you going to be friends with? You know? Mm. And of course my answer was like, both of you guys, right? Like, duh. Like, you know, I'm going to be friends with both of you guys no matter what. And now I only talk to one of them. That's an uncomfortable position to, <laughs> to put you in though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's fair, but I don't know. I feel like, I think you were saying earlier, like, it's kind of easier that way, or it's, or it's more, you're, you're more able to understand those friendships where you just, you just, like, it, the chapter's closed. Yeah, yeah. It's better, like, the best friend relationships are the ones where it's like, I'm friends with them and good friends, or I'm not friends with them anymore. I think the hardest relationships to navigate, and I know I'm repeating myself, are the ones where you're not quite sure. Or, like, you haven't, you're, like, the ones who are, you're, like, oh, whatever happened to this person? Right. You know what I mean? Because you can't just, it's it's a hard thing because even if at one point you were really close to them, you can't just reach out and be, like, oh, hey, man, like, what, you know, I haven't heard from you for a while. What, what has life been? You know what I mean? Like, it feels, that feels even weirder much more awkward than being than like running into them on the street or something or like you know like 
it feels it feels forced in a way right um and that's it's it is hard to navigate especially i think for well definitely for me as an introvert but i don't yeah, know about you i know i know it's tough for you i i had this really cool experience with someone that i didn't think i was going to be able to talk to very much anymore and actually you know i'll say his name because i love the dude and i know you love him too it's Jacob Dance. Oh, yeah. Jacob Dance sent me this long text or a Facebook message. Also, what's the deal with people you don't talk to for a long time using Facebook Messenger? They're not sure if you Bruh, have the same phone, phone number. My phone number is the same, dude. Just send me a text. All right? Just send <laughs> I me. hate Facebook Messenger. I, I no one likes Facebook Messenger, Jacob Dance. Don't <laughs> send me a message on Facebook Messenger. I think like halfway through our conversation, I was like, dude, just text me. Like my number's right here. I'll send yeah. it to you. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I'm losing breaths to live. Okay. So anyways, he reached out to me and said, dude, I just listened to your podcast about uh, coming of age or something like that. And he was like, it brought me back to like, it, it just made me realize how much like I missed hanging with you guys. And I'd love to hang out with you. And it was one of those situations where we just never contacted each other. We should have hung out. Things didn't line up. And he went off. Um, I'm sure he'll be in town eventually yeah. again but he went off to thailand to get engaged right i yeah he's engaged now so i feel like sorry jacob if you're listening to this we might not see you for a long time again <laughs> we tried we until, tried for that one window until your wedding invite us to your wedding if he you think he's not gonna invite us to our wedding dude i'll be upset if he didn't what did i just say what do you think he will not invite us to our wedding <laughs> that's what i just said <laughs> I think that's what I just said. I'm not sure. So we're going to get married and he's going to be the wedding coordinator? He will be the priest. Actually, here's the other thing. Here, here's another thing that I didn't think I was going to bring up, but I will anyway. Hold on. Let me finish my story about Jacob. Okay, go for it. Yeah. This is what I was saying. It was really cool to hear Jacob say, I felt like I went back in time listening to your guys' podcast and we were sitting back at the truck, in mm. the truck. Mm-hmm. You know, just talking about whatever. Yeah. And for me to hear that from him, I was like, dude, I know it's been a while, but nothing's changed between us. Mm. You know, like yeah. I was like, dude, I love you. We can hang out anytime. And I think it was because we had both had an experience where we said the truth and we knew we wanted what was best for each other in the past. And those relationships, they don't, there's no blockers. It's like, you just start right up again. Like our friend JD, who we had on the podcast a while back, like, JD, I love that guy. I'm we are close with him, even though we never text him back. <laughs> I tried. You literally, Cameron. You're actually a serious. See, you're so mean to JD. He tries no, really I'm hard. Not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You, I've never seen you respond once. That's not true. I've never seen you respond. Wait, I don't I'm even fighting, have my phone. I'm fighting for JD. I'm fighting for JD right now. <laughs> I'm doing this for you, JD. You've been a bad friend, Cameron. No, but like nothing. I think when me. Sorry, when you, JD, and I, correct English, um, hang out, it's like nothing has ever changed. And things have changed, and we always address those. We're like, this is so weird, like, that this is where we're at in life, and things like that. But it's like, when JD came back this summer, I had so much fun just hanging with him and doing the same old weird hooligan crap that we were doing <laughs> back in high school, going to Taco Bell. And I th we played through uh, that, that game, Resident Evil 2. Oh yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, we had him. We we had a we had an old fashioned sleepover. Didn't yeah, we? that was so fun. <laughs> Except we're older now, so it involves some alcohol. Yeah. It w- <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it is fun. It is. It does bring you back in a little ways. Um, but what I was gonna say was, um, I said that I would be I would be upset if Jacob didn't didn't um, invite us to his wedding, but in some ways. I think, I don't know. I've gotten to a point where I'm like, for a lot of my friends, I know they're going to get married. I know they definitely have, you know, a, a long laundry list of, of people they're going to invite to their wedding. So it, it's okay. Like, you don't have to feel like you you need to invite me to your wedding. You know what I mean? Like, like I've, I will not be personally hurt. If you if if I don't get an invite to the wedding, I'm happy for you. Just know that you know. Yeah. I'll I'll I'm there for you. Have a good time. We had a friend named Noelle Browner. That's her name now. That mm. she got married, and Cameron and I used to just make fun of her <laughs> so much, but we genuinely loved her. Like yeah. we thought oh, she yeah. was great. And she didn't invite us to our wedding, and I sent her a text making fun of her about it. And I don't know if it was the most tasteful thing because I think she thought that there was like some weird tension or something. Mm. And, and, and I was like, no, like there's, and you know, people get weird before their wedding. Right. And, and I think eventually I told her, I was like, you know, like there's literally no problem. Like, I know you have a hundred people you have to invite to this wedding. Like it's, it's nothing personal. And it was hilarious. Actually, I went up to this, this Christian camp with the church that I work at called Hume Lake. And she was up there and I saw, I was like, Hey, like Noel, you know, I love you. Right. Like you're awesome. And her, her, I met her husband too. He's really awesome. And he kicked me off this water thing called the gauntlet, (laughs) which is really shocking because I didn't expect to see him there. Um, I didn't do too well, but mm, mm. did I tell you I did the gauntlet this year? No, yeah, it was it was not good. Really, I totally did <laughs> not do up. well. No, I did not do well at all. <laughs> I mean, granted, it was my first time, so you know, it was, it was yeah, fun, but you got to practice on it. On I gauntlet, guess, you know? I guess so. No, but but like seriously, I I I think there's this pressure when when people get married of they're like, oh, well, we gotta invite them because you know, blah blah blah. Right, blah. right. But it's like it's like nah, man, like. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't want to invite me to your, or not even if you don't want to, if you can't invite me to your wedding, like that's totally fine. Well, I, good because I'm I short feel, seats, Cameron. I feel no, no ill will towards you. I don't have any. I don't hold any grudges like that. That's, Do you think that's people totally will fine. be upset if you're not my best man at at my wedding? People? What people? The people that like us. Well, you've you've Glenn. Would Glenn be your oh, best friend? Oh shoot, that's a good point. Yeah. He's my brother. Yeah. Nah, I think I pick you. Really? Over Glenn? Well, I'd at least like to be in the wedding party. Uh, no, I think we're going to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I. Uh, but again, and then that's the other thing is like that's a hard one to navigate too. You know what I mean? You the know, best man thing. I don't think so. Really? Because I think my true close guy friends, I'm like. You guys get it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, let's be real. You know, I love you all. Really, I need someone who can put in the work. That's the truth. <laughs> like, I need someone who can commit. So, Cameron, if you're not willing to put in the work and throw me a party. Oh, dude, I would throw you a killer party. I know you would. I so would that's throw probably, you a that's, killer That's party. why I'm going to have you do it. That's why I'm not going to have Glenn do it. Yeah, yeah. Glenn doesn't want... He'll, he'd love to be the DJ at the party. Yeah, sure. But he doesn't want to throw the party. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't need a DJ. 
We, it'll be fun. We'll have a fun party. Yeah, sure. I got to sure. think about what we, what we would do. Well, you got time. Let me tell you. I bet. So, yeah, interesting. I don't know. We're getting to that age where things sto- sort of start to, it's almost like settle in a way. Right. You know, there's not as much fluctuation. Like when we were, when we were leaving off to college, it would be like, I know we hung out every week. I know we were like besties and then they move away literally never hear from them again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And you and I have talked openly about how, when you went off to college, even though you only, you lived in San Francisco, that seemed so far away to me Yeah, yeah. in the past. And I, I mean, it like, still is far away. You still had to drive two hours today. So <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's usually 40 minutes. It's yeah. not too bad. Yeah. Um, and the kind of the weird friendship hurdles, we had to jump with that. Yeah. Right. I think, we're not trying to be cocky when we're saying like, don't worry about us. Right. But for the people that haven't talked to us, it's like, we still, I'd like, you know, we're not trying to do our own horn, but I'd like to consider myself a good friend. So if you're worried, if I like you or not, and I'm sure you're saying the same Cameron, I'm for you. You know, I want what's best for you. And if I tell you the truth, you know that I care about you a lot. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't lie to people, though, so... I don't so, know. Did I lie to people, Cameron? Did I ever lie to people? I only lie to myself. That's the truth. That's the only person I really lied to. Um, no, yeah, you were never one to lie. Except probably... Well... There were, like, girl things, but... Yeah, not was, telling girls how I really felt. That's the truth. That's that, not... That's, a, that's a lie of omission, though. That's I'm telling you, different. I lie to myself. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 sure. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. There, There was... I can't remember. I can't remember anything specific. Well, I, I try not to. That, I that try is not, not to true. lie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, like I said, we're getting to that sort of tipping point of all the friends that we have now are going to be the friends that we have forever. Because I'm an egotistical maniac, I can't wait to invite as many people that didn't invite me to um, their wedding to my wedding. Yeah. You know that's expensive, right? <laughs> I know. I know. You're going to have a baller wedding? I bet you will. No, I want to have like the biggest wedding possible. Even Why? if the, even the, because I like people, Cameron. <laughs> because I like people. <laughs> that is why. You're going to have a microscopic wedding. It's going to be a wet fart, all right? No, 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 no. Let me tell you, dude. If I could have like over a thousand people at my wedding, oh my I gosh. would do it. I'm serious. I would do it. Dude, I, I just get flashbacks to graduation day. When I graduated from high school and there were like eight different, like 12 different people all over the the football field who wanted to see me, wanted to take pictures of me. I had to go around and it was just miserable. Oh, don't get awful. me, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to turn this podcast into a wedding plan. You're going to say, you're going to say hi to every, to a thousand people on your wedding. Well, night. you think about it. 10 people per table, a hundred tables. Dude. Dude, listen, that's insane. Listen to me. <laughs> Five minutes per table. Yeah, that's... 500 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 500 minutes? What is that? Like, that's... Uh, that's... Let's do some math. <sighs> Would it happen? What is that? That's... I think that's 10 hours. No, it's... um. You're not a math major, Cameron. Nine hours? Something like that? I don't know. 
Wait, what was the number? Five? <laughs> 500 divided by... Wait, no. Five divided by 100, right? What? No. <laughs> 100 tables times five minutes. It's 500 minutes divided by 60. There we go. That's eight hours of table. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't have a thousand people at my wedding. Okay, you you were trying to say that that was a that was a reasonable thing to to do. That was a reasonable amount of people to have at your wedding. A thousand people is like that's insane. Is it? Yeah, that's an insane amount of people. How many friends do I have on Facebook? I don't know. I don't think I have a thousand friends on Facebook. I probably don't either. I have to check. Who would who who would even. I, I don't even know if I can imagine 250 people. Oh, yeah. There's not even close to a thousand friends on Facebook. How many friends do you have on Facebook? Like 430. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. And I probably only want to invite half of those people. Yeah. Because most of them... Dude, a thousand people. Think about a thousand people. That's like, that, that's like a stadium, almost. Is? No. Like, that, that's like the Valley Bleachers. Yeah, I guess I won't. I just like big weddings. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's too much for me. Really? A thousand is way too much. For any, apparently, for anybody. Apparently, for it's anybody. too much for me too. I guess I misspoke. Five minutes for t- you. You got to give them a minute and a half for table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, I think I think there's like an appropriate wedding size, like in between, like like two hundred people. How did this become a wedding podcast? I don't know. 200 people? I'm definitely going to have double that. Like under 200 people, probably. No, I'm probably going to have like 500 people. 160 people? That's good. I'd say 600 people. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably closer then. But how many pe- How many of those people like know you? Well, this is my theory, okay? I am tired of, and, and And you know what? Whoever I end up with is probably going to hate me for this. But I think weddings are really big days, important days. Yeah. And they're not important because you're getting married. This is my theory about it. They're important because you fell in love with someone that you think is the person you want to be with for the rest of your your life, right? And why are they that person is the question. I think the people at the wedding make up the person who is standing up front. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be the person I was if it wasn't for, you know, my uncle Amir who took me for a three-hour car ride and we flew kites at that really weird electrical... (laughs) I don't know what's that called. Like, there's these huge towers that have electrical lines on them. I just flew kites there one day when I was eight years old with my uncle Amir. Probably the most time I spent with him, to be honest. But it's like that little moment was a part of my life and made me who I am today. Right? So you wanna you wanna bring every single person who who you interact everyone that's with? willing to come. That's a lot of people. I know. That's why I'm like I want to have a big wedding because it's a celebration of them making me awesome enough to be with the person I'll be with. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then it's also the it's also my know, enemies. Yeah. I have to bring my enemies too. 
Yeah, yeah, you right. gotta have. For those of you that hurt me, dude, nobody of our like social status has enemies. I know. You gotta think about. It. Yeah, do you ever think about that? What you, you have to be of a certain class to have actual enemies. People that are are against you, truly against you. Yeah, there's no one I can think of who's like an enemy. Literally, no one. Yeah. I feel like most people consider enemies competitors. No, but th- they make you better. Or people that have hurt you. Yeah, yeah. But to have people that hurt you, are are they truly your enemy? Or are they just inconsiderate? Yeah, for the most most part, it's inconsiderate. Right, Yeah. right. But, but then there are the people who um, consistently hurt you. But those, some might say that those are your loved ones. So family, yeah. But are they your enemy? No, family is. Now I'm very interested in this topic of enemy. <laughs> now we're gonna tr- transition this podcast to the enemy podcast. I'm like, just kidding. We're at an hour, Cameron. Got a lot of enemies. Got a lot of people. Are you quoting Drake? Trying to what is that song? Take me of this energy. Yeah, I'm white. I know the song. Yep, exactly. No, no, seriously, like, <clears throat> I haven't done anything spectacular enough to have enemies. Like, there will be, I, I am, I'm pretty sure at a time you'll have, you know, you'll be successful enough to have en- Maybe, Maybe that's what it is. Maybe an enemy is a sign of success. You've done something significant enough that people want you to not be there. I don't know. I, I hope to not have enemies. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. If I'm successful, here's the thing, like, if I'm successful and someone has a problem with me, I'd love to talk to them. (laughs) This is what, this is what is very interesting to me. Yeah. Right? Because currently I've been placed in a a position of leadership in my new current job and some person came up to me and told me how these other people were frustrated with me and they had a problem. And I just looked at this, I was like... Why are you telling me this? I didn't say that that abruptly, but I was like, why don't you just have them come talk to me? Because like, it's like, I don't want enemies, so just come talk to me. That's very pragmatic you know? of you. What? I, didn't, I don't even know what that word means. Pragmatic? Yeah. <laughs> it, it just means um, you that that's uh, practical almost. Yes, I'm a very practical person. Yeah. Besides my wedding. Yeah, no, yeah. Let's wrap it up, Cameron. Let's let's wrap up the conversation about friends because we very derailed <laughs> into enemies. Into enemies. Do you have frenemies? Well, apparently that kid I bullied. Yeah, I know. On the right? lawn, I guess he what was a frenemy. Yeah, maybe you're the enemy. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But it's practical, right? And me and Johnny were frenemies for a long time. Yeah, Johnny was on the show yeah. uh, a couple episodes back. Yep. Yeah, animator, we- good guy. We we had a we had a, a frenemy ship. Johnny's one of those guys, one of those friends that it was like I I kind of knew him, and then I got to know him a little bit more, and then every time I see him, it's like nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so it's like it's not awkward, mm, right? Mm. He's very upfront and truthful when he's like, "Hey, like I haven't talked to you guys in forever," and I was like, "Yep, so let's just talk, I guess." <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 great. He's hilarious too. I think he's so he is funny. very funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I think I think 
thinking about these friendships that have kind of fallen away or that have kind of um you don't put any work into or whatever i think it kind of makes me nostalgic and like um sad in a way right um even though i know it shouldn't cuz half of it half of it is like there are probably things that i could have done to um change the outcome of our relationship but there there are probably also things that they could have done as well um and so it's like no it's almost like nobody's fault you know there's yeah, you, there's a certain amount of of um happenstance when it comes to you know your how your relationship is at the moment i would get i guess what i'm saying is maybe take this podcast as encouragement to know that the other person you're thinking about is probably feeling the same way yeah i had a coffee with my friend laura who i hadn't talked to in like eight nine months and i sat down and we were kind of talking and there was it wasn't like completely awkward because I was kind of driving the conversation. I was like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And then it got to the point where we were a little quiet and I was like, you know what, Laura, like you got to know, like I care about you a lot and I think you're really awesome. And I know we haven't talked in a long time, but just know that when you come back and hang, nothing's changed just because I haven't talked to you. Like nothing's changed. We're still friends. You're always going to be my friend, you know, and that went a long way for her. And I think having those conversations with people you haven't seen in a long time is so valuable. Telling them not to worry about it, right? A lot of the reason that I'm not friends with those people who are kind of in the gray is just because it's not practical. Mm. It's it's like I can't remember to text my friend who lives in Arizona every single day, right? That That's, I don't know. To me, that's tough. Um, I mean, like, I think a good example is when the school year starts, Cameron, besides this podcast, it's really hard to keep in contact with you during the school year. Yeah. Luckily you're out of school. Right. And so things are changing a little bit as we're moving into adult, like full time adulthood. But there was a time when you were in school and I was in school that I would, I'd have this friend that would like switch places with you. It was really weird. His name is Daniel Baker. I love Daniel. Talk about a friendship. I don't know if I should say this on air, but Dan, well, let me just put it this way. <laughs> I thought Daniel was going out with my girlfriend before I started going out with her. Mm. So you were enemies. <laughs> Maybe competitors, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I just, I didn't really realize the context of their relationship. They kind of have a brother sister relationship. Mm-hmm. But that was really weird for me. And when I was dating Jules, it was like still weird. And so we, Daniel and I had to have a conversation about it one day. I was like, hey man, I gotta just, I gotta talk to you about this. It's, it's weirding me out. And he was like, oh, like I didn't even think about that at all. And it actually improved our relationship a lot. It was super awkward for me to even talk about that. But like Daniel and I are still super good friends. It's just when he goes away for summer, he lives in Orange County. And then when he comes back, he lives at San Jose State. Mm. And we'll just, it's like buddy, buddy, all of a sudden again. <laughs> Although he has been t- sending me uh, Snapchats about the new Call of Duty a lot. And keyboard covers, which I'm very confused about, Daniel. If you're listening to this, tell me why you are playing keyboard. I thought you were a guitarist. Put your head back on. <laughs> Stop that nonsense. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be different, too, when 
eventually I I move away from the Bay Area. It's Goodbye, be, Cameron. It's gonna be different. That's a that's a big warning sign. And and you're gonna move away too eventually. We'll see. I don't know. No, I bet you are. I, it's You'll like make your way. I definitely. tell people that L.A. is my Nineveh. If you understand the tale of Jonah, dude, that's me too. I'm like so there with you. Yeah, hundred percent. A part of me is because it seems like most of the people I really care about are moving to L.A., mm. including my girlfriend eventually, and so that is where I may reside. But <laughs> yeah, why did that sound like death? I don't know. <laughs> It, did. it does sound like death. Because living in L.A. sounds like death. It does sound like death. Yeah. I just wonder, should we just be upfront and truthful because we've been talking about truthfulness? Well, I don't know what's happening yet. So I know. Well, that doesn't mean we can't talk about it, Cameron. <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody. You don't need to scare anyone. No. Here's the thing. Cameron does need to move to L.A. eventually. Yeah. And we don't know what that means for the show. Yeah. That is the truth. Whether we're going to figure out a solution online or not. I think we can do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out something. Maybe that'll be easier than uh, than what we're doing now. Who knows? I have heard some warning things about doing podcasts, like, not in person. Yeah. Using a lot of energy. Yeah. I, I No, I, I can totally understand that. Just know this. If you love our podcast work, it will not die forever. <laughs> I, I, I think that's, like... <laughs> Like, uh, that is like the, the one thing. I mean, I know Darren, I talk to Darren all the time. He's like, I really hate when content creators just go away and leave the face of the map. Mm, mm. I think we love doing this podcast stuff so much that even if we had to take a break from it, we would still come back and be great. Yeah. And still do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know you probably weren't ready to talk about that, but we were just talking about how we don't lie, Cameron. I'm not lying. (laughs) You're just keeping your cards closed. Well, I just bled them. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm just we we just don't know what what will happen in the future. Not none of us do, and uh, that's all right. Yeah. That is all right. We'll figure it out. We'll uh we'll move along. I feel like people are gonna think we were stoned this episode or something. We probably were. Pro- we probably should have been. <laughs> <laughs> we are in San Francisco. You smell it everywhere. I started watching that movie called The Pineapple Express the other oh, night. Oh yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's it's a, it's kind of funny so far. I like um, <clears throat> the other one that came out that same year, Tropic Thunder. Oh That's yeah, a great movie. I've always started watching that movie and never finished it. It's really funny. I think it's like hilarious. I think I just need to get I need to get through it somehow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why it doesn't hold my interest for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Maybe I have to watch it with you. I think that's the call. With someone, friends yeah, friends make movies better. Sometimes, it depends on the movie. <laughs> I want to go see a movie with you and Juzo. Oh yeah, we got here. Here's the thing that I was thinking about. We should do maybe for just a one off episode. What? We should do a thing where we watch a weird movie or we make you watch a movie that that you've never seen before. Right, right. And we talk about it during it. No, 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 not during it. But just, we just talk about it after or something. Right, some sort of film review. It'd be like, it, not just like a new movie or something, like maybe a movie that you, one of the movies like we think you should see before you die. Or maybe just a weird movie. That actually, uh, we're going to talk about that off air. All right. All right. I like that. 
Cameron, it's a minute ten. It's been an episode. A minute ten. Dang. Minute eleven. Dang, our minute thirty of of <laughs> five hundred tables. <laughs> I'm gonna go to five hundred tables. My wedding will be a twelve hour experience. Oh my gosh! And I am gonna be a politician, Cameron. No, no, no. You said, you said, um, a hundred tables. Five minutes per hundred. Five hundred <laughs> tables now. Oh, now you got to think about that. What is five hundred? T- that's two one minute per table. Two thousand five hundred you minutes. You're gonna be there for six years. Can you imagine sitting down at a table on your wedding day with a stopwatch and being like, <laughs> "Beep, hey everyone, really glad you came." Two seconds per person. <laughs> the wedding coordinator. That the wedding coordinator will be behind you, being like. Okay, she has go. a megaphone <laughs> and also an SS Nazi uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was really abrupt. Oh, dear. Hey, so here's the thing. I love one wedding coordinator I've met. Yeah. The rest of them, not good. There was a wedding coordinator that I met that was day drinking. Hmm. Like I watched her pull a little flask out. You know what? Here's as the she thing, was though. freaking out. Here's Why the is this thing, a wedding though. podcast? Why do we keep derailing? <clears throat> Hold on. Here's the thing. I kind of understand that because I shot a wedding where, um, like, I was doing the videography right, for right. a wedding um, where the bride and the groom were fighting the entire wedding, <sighs> and it was a wedding coordinator's job to like corral them make sure that they were in the right spot what the heck make make sure that they weren't fighting for all the pictures and to talk to people and it was like it was like bad they were like yelling at each other yeah and i was there because (laughs) like i was watching it all and it was a disaster so i i totally get it this is what sucks i totally i want you to be my best man yeah but i also want you to be the director of my wedding what yes no I want someone to shoot my wedding like The Office. Director? Yeah. I want someone to shoot my my wedding with actual taste. <laughs> like The Office? I want it to be like The Office. Like interviews with all the people that are there and be like, I don't know what's happening, but there's too many people at this wedding. I feel really uncomfortable. Like that's what I, uh, that's what I want. And then I can go back. No, they're not going to say that. No, though. but I want to go back and watch the video and be like, this is great. Put it like an episode maybe, of The Office. Maybe I'll have someone with the wedding party do a video because the wedding party will be honest. Yeah. They yeah, always are honest. For sure. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We need to wrap this up because I got to go home and, when I, and I've been in this room for too long. All right. All right. Well, that's it. Be a good friend. Get married. 500 tables. Everything Comes From Something is currently 100% fan funded and the show wouldn't happen without supporters like you, especially... Our executive producers, Darren O'Neill, Kiana Lay Yap, and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you so much for your support of the show. And of course, even if you can't give financially, you can continue to support us by just listening to our episodes, giving them ratings on iTunes, and telling friends about the podcast. Even share a podcast episode. If you think it's insightful or exciting or entertaining, it doesn't matter. Uh, We just are trying to get the word out about the show. We believe in our creative product, and we hope that you believe in it too with us. So... We love you guys, and we will see you next week.